Welcome to Words of Life, Love, and Freedom. I'm your host, Paul McKibben, and I'm going to be sharing today. Um, this episode is called Let There Be More. So, there'll be a variety of different things I'm going to be talking about in this particular episode. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just start and jump right into the poetry that I'm going to be sharing. Uh, this this piece of poetry was actually one that was written um, on Thursday, uh, August 25th, 2022. And it's called Let There Be More. Oh God, I will love, honor, and worship you this day. I praise you, dear Lord, and I give you all the adoration as I quiet myself in you. And I lift my eyes to heaven as I pray. O God, as I bask in your presence, I seek your holy face. And I say, let there be more. I praise you, dear Lord, and I thank you for the love, encouragement, and protection you give. And when I don't know which way to go, I pray that you will swing wide an open door. O God, you love me and care for me. You lead and guide me with your Holy Spirit. Let there be more. When I am being tempted by the enemy, I will stay focused on you. My King, it is you that I implore. Dear Lord, let there be more. And I will say, stay focused on you. I know that when the enemy rises up against me, if I continue to seek your holy face, that your spirit will get me through. My king, I say, let there be more. And it comes from every ounce of energy within me. O God, you allow me to walk in freedom as I mount up with eagle's wings, and I soar into the heavens because I'm free. O God, I shout with a loud voice, let there be more. You set me free and delivered me, and as I walk in my freedom, I fly where only eagles dare to go. I not only fly, but I am made to soar. I pray, dear Lord, let there be more, is what I will say. O God, you lift me up and encourage me, It's because of the love that you send that I cling to you and you brighten my day. My king, let there be more, is what I say from deep down inside me. I praise you, my savior. It's only because of you that my blinders have been removed. The scales have fallen from my eyes and behold, now I can truly see. O God, let there be more, is what I say, because now I can see. Dear Lord, I thank you for your love, joy, and peace. I also thank you for your grace, mercy, and forgiveness. It's because you set me free and delivered me, and the salvation that you give, that you allowed me, that you allow me to walk in this freedom, this wonderful freedom, and be free. Praise God.
So let there be more. This is really, this should be our heart's cry when we, when it comes to being saved and serving God. We don't want just the bare minimum. We don't want to just barely get into heaven. We want to thrive in this life. And we want to serve God with all our heart to be able to not only overcome this life's challenges, but to to thrive in a way to where we are building up a good godly character within ourselves. We are um, just doing everything we can to serve God with all our heart, to be sold out for God. We don't want to just be known to do just the bare minimum. We want to go above and beyond the bare minimum, way beyond the bare minimum. So anyways, I'm going to go ahead and start getting into some scriptures. And uh, so I'm going to start with Psalm, Psalms chapter 71 verse 14. It says, But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Now this, you know, you can tackle this verse from a lot of different ways, but the way that I feel led to talk about this particular verse is our hope is in God, and we should hope continually. We don't need to be negative. We don't need to be talking all kinds of negativity and and uh, some people call it death talk um, or uh, neg- negative speaking or curses uh, anything like that but when we hope in God and we hope in God continually it helps us to get into that mode of wanting to praise God so when we come in these life's challenges and things seem to be getting hard, things are getting tough, and things just aren't quite as easy as it once may have been, we'll praise God more and more, even in the midst of the storm, because that's what we do. We praise God when we're beat down. We praise God when things don't look so good. And by us praising God, That's a way of us building up our faith to be able to expect and look for the unseen, the things that are eternal and not things that are temporary, which are the things that are seen. So Proverbs chapter 21 verse 3 says, To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now this this is actually out of Proverbs, but one thing that, that to me is very similar to this is when it talks in 2 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22 and 23. It talks about obeying is better than sacrifice. And this actually in Proverbs says to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. So basically, if it comes to 
uh, doing doing good um, in the way of righteousness and justice or obeying God that is better than going through the religious motions of sacrifice some people may disagree with me on that but that's that's true that's what God's word says talks about sacrifice you know sacrifice was intended to be a holy thing and there's nothing in the world wrong with sacrifice but if you're sacrificing and you're living like the devil every day of the week and you're sacrificing on your holy day, whatever day that is, and that's what 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 good is that? How holy is that to live like a heathen all the time and on your one or two holy days or whatever holy days you have during the week, you're sacrificing out of a religious tradition because that might just be something you do or maybe you're just doing it because you're trying to put up this facade that you're oh so holier than thou and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing or showing that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and really you're not that's basically being double minded or double um, being like a wave tossed in the sea being double minded basically you know that's pretty much what that is you're kind of doing one thing and saying another so let's take a look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 11 it says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him and that's, that's a pretty straightforward verse. It's more or less kind of comparing a human father versus the heavenly father. Or a human versus our God. So if us being sinful, fallen, evil beings or humans with a fallen nature can give good gifts to our children, how much more will our heavenly father, who is a good God, pretty much is what it's saying who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him now there is another variation of this verse I believe out of Luke chapter 11 verse 13 because some people may ask well what what good things is it talking about that God would give well listen to this version of this verse this is Luke 11 13 It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So that that goes a little further, saying the Holy Spirit is that good good thing that uh, is given. And the Holy Spirit is a good thing, because you know what? If the Lord does not give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in you, you're not saved, you're not a Christian, you're not going to be with Him eternally. And that is a big deal if you're saved or not, because that depends on if you're going to be in heaven or hell. 
So the Holy Spirit brings all kinds of good benefits. The Holy Spirit, when we call on him, will come and dwell in us, bring us eternal life and salvation. He helps, prompts us to repentance so that we are convicted of our sin and we repent and keep in good communication and good communion with our Lord. The Holy Spirit also, um, the Holy Spirit also will give us the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we ask. He will baptize us with His Spirit. The Lord will. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when you receive a baptism of power, an anointing of power from on high, from the Holy Spirit, to help us be powerful witnesses for the kingdom. So let's look at Luke chapter 12, verse 24. It says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither a storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? That's saying, and that's that's really true. You think about it, there's all these wild birds outside. And, you know, I know that there is people that feed birds, bird seed and stuff. But most of the birds in this world, they don't really depend on bird seed that people put out. Yeah, that's I'm sure it helps. But the Lord has made the birds so they can be independent. They can go just about anywhere they want and feed themselves. And the Lord takes care of them. The Lord takes care of them and makes sure they can find their food. Now, if the Lord will do that for even birds, how much more do you think God loves us as human beings? Humans were God's prized creation. And we were made in God's image. So that's why when we were made in God's image, that's why when he spoke things into existence, when he created the heavens and the earth. That's why he gave us, because we were created in his image, he gave us the ability to speak words of life or words of death. That's why it talks in Proverbs about speaking words of life and words of death. That life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so we should be careful about the things we say because we could be speaking curses or life to a situation. So it's really important to know that if God will take care of those birds, how much more will the Lord take care of us? Luke chapter 15 verse 7 says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. It says in God's word right there that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. So just imagine 
what it's like in heaven when you have thousands upon thousands of people all over the world repenting. It's probably like a big party, I would imagine. But it's probably an awesome sight every time somebody gets saved to hear the 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 joy in heaven the um, the ones rejoicing in heaven over the one sinner that gets saved so John chapter 10 verse 10 says the thief comes not the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they may have life and they and that they may have it more abundantly. Abundantly definitely speaks about let there be more. So when when we live as a Christian, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we live as a Christian, we have eternal life. But are we going to just live are we gonna just barely get over that bar live the bare minimum or are we gonna be full in this life full of life the life of the Lord that he wants us to have so that we can be full of joy full of the spirit full of love grace mercy and forgiveness towards others so we can have life more abundantly. And this may be talking about just simply being saved. But when I think about abundantly, I'm thinking about let there be more, like taking in as much of God, as much of the life that He wants to give us, the life that He wants us to live, being full of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and sharing the gospel with anyone who will listen. I think of how much could, could we be doing. Sometimes, you know, I, I think about this. I, I, I will sit here and I'll like think. Okay, I think about what I've done today. Could I have done more? Am I doing all I could be doing to serve God? And these are some important questions that we should ask ourselves. Is there more I could have done? If God were to come right now and snatch me from this life into heaven with him, if he were to evaluate my life today, and he says, okay, son, um, I see you got up, you took your medicine, you had your coffee, you did spend some time with me and you wrote some poetry, and you did a podcast episode and you prayed some and you meditated for a while but what about all my people out here that are suffering all my people that need to know me all these people in the world that are totally lost even in your community or your neighborhood that are lost that need to know me that need to be in heaven or they're going to suffer and eternal damnation in hell. How would I feel? Well, I'd probably feel pretty rotten. I'd feel like I didn't do enough and I'd be ashamed of myself. 
And the Lord's not trying to promote us being ashamed, but um, the Lord's not like that. The Lord, you know, he will evaluate, I believe, our lives, but he's not going to, he's not going to cause us to feel bad, I don't think, but we just have to look at it like this. The Lord is going to, I think, allow me to remember what I could have done that I didn't. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, That's just my thinking. The Lord is not one to throw things up in our face. But I think that if there was more that I could have done that I didn't, I think I would be aware of it. But, you know, these are just things to consider. I'm not really up on um, on really knowing what kinds of things are going to be brought to our remembrance when we go to die and stand before God. I know that the Lord will remember the things that that we did do for Him, but you know when we for, when we repent, it says in God's Word that He remembers our sins no more. It's as far from the east as to the west. It'll be thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. And I do believe that. So I don't think God's going to throw things up in my face. God's not like that. But if there's things that I did not repent of, there could be the possibility that it, it may be something like that I would remember or something that would be brought to my remembrance because it was not covered under the blood. Um, But, you know, um, there are things that I know the Lord will, will help me with. I know the Lord will see me through a lot of things. And, you know, and, you know, there is this idea, too, that that once you repent, you're forgiven of all your sin. And I do believe that to a degree. But you have to keep in mind, too, the Lord wants us to continue confessing our sin. He doesn't want us to stop. It's not like you get saved, you repent one time, and that's it the rest of your life. He wants us to continue repenting. As we sin, we repent. It it builds a relationship between us and God. So, these are some things that we just need to keep in mind. Now, I do believe that once we get saved, our salvation is something that we have to walk out. Our salvation is something we got to walk out. And... There's a lot of different thoughts on things when it comes to salvation, when it comes to forgiveness and repentance and those types of things. Some people believe that you have to repent for every little thing you do. And if you forget to repent on some things that it's held against you, I don't necessarily believe that. But... um, I do believe that 
even if you're trying to remember some of the things that we that you've done when you've sinned I know that when I am praying at times I'll say Lord forgive me for everything known and unknown that I've done it was a sin against you because I know I've sinned and done wrong and when I pray like that I believe the Lord covers everything he knows my heart he knows I'm really trying to get right with him and he understands he knows that my intentions are good and it's not like I'm intentionally skipping certain things or I'm not praying about certain things you know when there's certain things that we've done is sin if we don't confess and repent of those sins you know repent means to turn away from something and if you don't turn away from it and you if you continue to willfully sin there's a problem there and it's going to cause an issue with your relationship with God so these are things that we need to keep in mind now 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 17 through 18 says for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look to the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Those are the scriptures there I was mentioning earlier about the seen and the unseen, about the unseen being eternal, the seeing being temporary. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, But he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, give me just a second because I want to go back to James 4, 6 real quick. I read that and kind of just very lightly skip, skip, skimmed over it. But when, it's, when it says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, it says in God's word that pride comes before the fall. Now, when we are acting in pride, like a sinful pride, God will resist you. He will shut you down in a heartbeat and won't think twice about it. But God gives grace to the humble. So when we come to God in humility, humbling ourselves before Him, not trying to elevate ourselves, but making ourselves low so that God can be elevated. We must decrease so that our Lord can increase. And when we do these things, the Lord will truly bless us. So now I'm going to go back to Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by, up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, you know, Jesus was perfect. 
and he never sinned. But he was tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's only if you act in sin out of the temptation or by the temptation. If you get tempted and you act out in sin, that's a sin. So Jesus was tempted even by the devil, but he never sinned. He he was perfect. He never made any mistakes. To Matthew, I mean uh, Psalms thirteen five. Psalms thirteen five says, "But I have trusted in your mercy; my heart shall rejoice in your salvation." When we trust in God, that'll give us a reason to rejoice. Because when we have salvation, we can rejoice in the Lord. We can rejoice and have joy and peace, be full of God's love, and lean on God, and let the Lord fill us with His love, joy, and peace, so that we can share God's love and compassion and forgiveness with other people. God doesn't want us to be bitter or hard-hearted or act uh, out of anger or unforgiveness or bitterness. He wants us to rejoice. He wants us to have salvation. He wants us to um, be able to experience His grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness. And in return, He wants us to share his grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness with others. So if there's people that have wronged you, know that we need to forgive them. We can't just go on with life like nothing's wrong and act like that everything's just fine and you're all offended and hurt and bitter and angry and you got all these issues going on and... It's just, uh, it's not a good place to be. I've heard some people say that when you are offended and you are acting in unforgiveness and bitterness, bitterness is like the poison that you're drinking, hoping that the other person is going to die or hoping that the other person is going to get sick. It's not going to happen. The poison from bitterness that we experience when we take the cup of bitterness upon our lips, that's um, that's gonna cause all sorts of problems and issues in our own life. And it'll affect every relationship you have with other people. It's not a good thing. So Psalms chapter 25, verse 5 says lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation on you I wait all the day so we should let God lead us into his truth and teach us let his Holy Spirit teach us because he is the God of our salvation and we should be willing to wait on him as long as we need to he, Lord knows he's waited on us to, till we got to a point in our life where we were so broke down and so broken and at rock bottom. And when we were in our time of need and we knew that we had to change, we knew that we needed 
a change in our life and something had to give and we were learning at that point that you know what I need to call out on God because God's bigger than me God's bigger than this problem in my life and we need to lean on God trust in God and so when God waits on us to get to that point where we call out on him and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and receive salvation forgiveness of sins and eternal life that's worth the wait so that's worth us waiting on God he waited on us we should wait on the Lord however long we need to and sometimes you know things with the Lord doesn't happen all at once sometimes the Lord allows us to wait on things to test our patience he wants us to grow in patience and how how better to grow in patience than to have to wait on things that doesn't sound like good the- theology but that's really uh, the best way to grow in patience is by having to learn to wait on things you know and a lot of people don't like praying for patience I know I was I was one of them I didn't like praying for patience because I didn't want to have to wait for anything I was the kind of kid that when I was younger I wanted to go to McDonald's for my birthday party every year for a long time because I didn't want to wait on my food I wanted it right then and there but you know what sometimes the good things of the Lord we got to wait for and we shouldn't be in a hurry to rush in and out of anything unless the Lord is prompting us to get in and out of something so let's look at Psalm 1846 it says the Lord lives blessed be my rock let the God of my salvation be exalted you know that it is wonderful to be blessed by God the Lord truly does live he is our rock and our salvation and he is definitely to be exalted to be given praise because he's worthy of all of our praise and we should want to praise God with every ounce of our energy Praise God. Now, for those of you that may be just tuning into my podcast, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you would like to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I urge you today to accept Jesus. You can repeat after me. Just pray this simple prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you today, Lord. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. I know I have sinned and done wrong. And I'm asking you to come into my heart. I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord, of my sin. Forgive me of all my sin, Lord, and come into my heart and live within me. I'm asking you, Lord, to be my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come in me now and dwell in me give me eternal life 
I pray, Lord, and I know that you died on the cross for my sins. And I know you were raised the third day. And I accept you into my life. I accept the gift of your Holy Spirit. And I praise you this day. Lord, help me to serve you. I praise you and I love you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, praise God, you're in the family of God now. Now know, now know this. Some people, they have these strange beliefs that, oh, well, you can get saved, but it doesn't mean you got to go to church. And technically, to some degree, that may be kind of right, but that's not what God's Word says. It says in God's Word that there were to fellowship with other believers. We're not supposed to be solo Christians. If you try to be a solo Christian and live life on your own, by yourself, totally secluded from all other Christians, that's not a healthy way to live. The enemy is going to view you as weak and offended or weak and um, disabled, and he will attack you. He will try to single you out. He will isolate you and try to get you to self-destruct. And he will try to take you out. I'm just speaking. The, I'm just speaking the truth. That's the way the enemy works. When the enemy seeks around, seeks and goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he, whom he may devour. He is looking for the sheep that are weary, the sheep that are weak, the sheep that might be even offended at somebody because in their offense, they're, they've let their defense down and they're weak in their frame of mind or their spirits. And so these things, they, they cause us to be a target for the enemy. And we don't want that. We want to be strong in the Lord. We want to be strong in numbers, which means fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ. So praise God. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Continue to tune in. Oh, this is a news flash. Well, I know this episode has been a little long, but I do want to share this. Um... The platform I'm using to do my podcast is going to be changing some things as of June 2024. They're going to be changing some things in the way that we do the the podcasting, the, the way we create our podcast episodes. Um, now, I have basically been doing my podcast... Uh, with my mobile phone. It's been very simple, easy, and simplistic. Um, and it's been it's been a great experience for me. I've, I've done that for the first two seasons. And I'm now in the third season. This is the th- first episode of the third season. And now they're changing some things up. So I will be using... I'll have to use some different equipment... I'm going to have to acquire and use some different equipment to um, to do my podcast. So I'm going to try to get the equipment I need and be on top of things and 
and learn this equipment so it'll be a seamless uh, flow of transition from the way I've been doing my podcast to doing it with the new format the new equipment and platform and all that I'll be using so I will try to keep you posted if I find out anything if something ends up changing about the podcast or if you're not able to um, if you're not able to access it the way you used to I will try to figure out a way to make you aware that it's available um, and how to get to it so you can keep in touch with it. So God bless each and every one of you. Um, You know, the listeners is why I'm prompted to do these podcast episodes because I really strive to want to encourage uh, everyone and to make everyone aware of God's love, how much God truly loves you. And if the Lord can take a wretched, heathen sinner like me and totally change my life and turn me around to be a servant for God, to become an ordained minister, to be a praise and worship leader at our church, how much more can the Lord take a person and and just totally change them he if he can take me which i was a worthless wretched sinner for a long time and i i did a lot of bad things i was all in drugs and alcohol and everything but you know there was a lot of things i did that's not worth even talking about The only reason why I still talk about it is to give God the glory for what he set me free from. But these things, there's a lot of people that can identify with these things. And if these things are in your life or if they were in your life and you're trying to find a way to be full of love, joy, and peace, to be free from these things, like if you're just not using but you're not free from it, well, praise God, you're in the right place. Because God set me free from all those things that I was addicted to. He even set me free from smoking cigarettes. And I thought I would never give that up. So praise God. I know that this has been a long episode. I apologize about that. But y'all have a wonderful day. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.